Our New Testament reading comes from 1 John, the fourth verse. Um, I had verse 16, but y'all don't know how that goes. I'm going to feel led to start just above that. By this we know that we abide in him, and in, in he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God. And God abides in them. The word of God for the people of God. Be you know, we have a lot of love songs in this world. Our culture from the beginning of time has spent a lot of energy and creativity on writing about love, on discussing love, writing from every aspect of love. Love stories, we know them. We don't know all of them, but we can have a playlist in our head or we can list all the movies that we consider to be love stories, but let's talk about another love story. Simply because the love God has for us was created from the very beginning. It's woven in our fabric. It is of our deepest longings, this love. So let's talk about a love story that you may not have ever thought of a love story. The love story of Mary and Joseph. We know all too well the Christmas story, the story of the Nativity. In fact, two of our books in the Gospels don't even acknowledge the Christmas story. They jump right off into somewhere else. But in Matthew, and especially in Luke, you find this detailed story of the nativity. But we don't hear the backstory behind Mary and Joseph. And I think it is a love story. Why not? Imagine yourself back in Israel under the Roman Empire. Things were very different. How we came about to marriage was very different. You have Joseph, who we know was a carpenter living in Nazareth. He was living a humbled life, but we do know he was a direct descendant. He was out of the lineage, which is so very important, of King David. We know, and as scholars have told us, that he was most likely from Bethlehem, born in Bethlehem, because that is, in fact, where he and Mary are going to travel back to. He was fairly young. He was 20 years old. He was, I think, probably somewhat of a successful carpenter. The women in the village 
the young girls, the fathers, knew of Joseph and knew that he was probably great potential as a husband, as a provider. But the um, legal guidelines that took place back then to get married were very strict. The stages, the contract, the actual living together, being married truly, physically, consummating the marriage, and then there was the celebration. It happened in three stages. Mary's father would have gone to Joseph to propose marriage and to arrange this. And he would have asked Joseph to pay his family some money, along with a couple of gifts, maybe a lot of gifts, to have that marriage contract. And what we fail to remember is when that contract was signed, when that deal was made, in the eyes of the Jewish law, Mary and Joseph were 100% married. He was her husband. She was his wife. And it was after that 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 dating and getting to know each other better would take place. Uh, Mary was still living with her parents. The second stage of this marriage might take place a year later maybe two years later, depending on the bride's age. Joseph, when the time was announced, would lead a procession of his friends down to Mary's house where they would gather with other friends and family. And everybody would wait in the house for the second stage of this marriage to take place. Then, they would all celebrate. Now that is just such a very different story about how we go about marriage. Some would even say it was very quite unromantic. But I say, hold on, it's not so fast. Just because the culture and the tradition is different doesn't mean that maybe there wasn't romance in true love. Use your imagination with me because the Bible does not give us any details on this. Mary, we know, was younger probably than Joseph. She may have been a teenager, but she was of marriageable age. And her options and opportunities in life depended solely on how she married or who she married. She would have known who Joseph was. Young, fairly rugged and strong because he was a carpenter. Little is told about Joseph, which I think is a shame in the Bible. But we do know from what we read that he must have been even-keeled, confident, and to a great extent, a very kind person. Father, do you know Joseph the carpenter? Mary may have hinted to her father that Joseph, he's a good man. He would make a great husband for our Mary. 
Mary's mother would have strongly suggested to her husband. And Joseph would not have been unfamiliar with the girls in the village. Because more than likely their fa fathers were his customers. He was known by the local families. He knew the local families. They all interjected with each other. All of them may have had their eyes on Joseph as great marriage potential. <coughs> but it is the human hearts and emotions that are the same throughout history. After they uh, had this marriage contract in place, they would have spent a lot of time together. She would have baked bread for him, and Joseph would have come down and celebrated meals with the family. And as the days passed and they spent time together, they would have learned more and more about each other their strengths, their weaknesses, what made them laugh, how they handled challenges, the imperfections, and the very best part of their personalities. They would have shared their hopes and their dreams. And every day that passed, Mary and Joseph chose love. They chose love that would continue to grow and deepen until that second step of marriage. So you can imagine the emotional bombshell that was dropped on Joseph when he heard the news. Mary, how could you? How could you do this to me? How could you do this to us? I thought you loved me exactly the way that I loved you. We were doing this the right way. We were honoring God. We were honoring our parents. We were honoring each other. This broken trust that Joseph would have heard, it had to be painful. Can you imagine when Mary told him, now Joseph, I know this sounds a little crazy, but an angel visited me last night, and I am with child, and this angel gave me some great news. He said that this, his name will be Jesus, and he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. He is the Messiah, Joseph. Poor Joseph. Maybe he tried to listen to those words at first. Can you imagine what he heard? Angel, miracle, Messiah. Then there was that phrase. I am expecting a child. Joseph knew he wasn't involved. Everyone knew that he was not going to be involved. Unless he dishonored Mary and family. And in the same time dishonored himself, we forget that when he would choose to not marry her to break this marriage, that he was also dishonoring himself in this society. This was all too much for Joseph. Perhaps he just walked away in silence, broken, speechless. <coughs> Maybe he shouted and stormed out, which would not have been 
an unusual reaction. Maybe Mary went away in tears, which is probably true. We don't know everything, but we do know that things didn't go smoothly. Maybe this is why Mary was sent to see her aunt for three months, her aunt Elizabeth, away in another village. Maybe this would buy Mary's family some time to figure out what to do. Maybe it would give Joseph just a little time to sit and accept this. But we do know that the young couple that were in love parted. Pain, anger, distrust was all around them. Mary, clinging desperately to the encouraging words of the angel, with that knowledge deep in her soul, that for whatever reason, somehow, God would make a way. Of course, this isn't the typical love story, but at the very core, Things are not very different than what we would experience and feel. Joseph and Mary's story is a true human love story, but also a supernatural love story. A supernatural love story involves me, it involves you, it involves every single person that will ever walk or has walked on this earth. There's a deeper point to this that affects us. How can we experience that supernatural love of God with us during this Advent season and throughout the rest of the year? So it is at this point, if you're watching this as a movie, you know, the music comes up, the camera fades back further and further until you just barely begin to see the little dusty village by the Galilean Sea, and then you can just barely make out the shapes of the continents until you get back to that iconic view from Apollo of the earth, you know, that big blue spear ball, and then it goes further back, and you're into the galaxy, the Milky Way. You've gone even further back to the limits of physics, beyond creation, to the only presence, the infinite presence that is love, the infinite presence of our God. The Apostle John said it most simply. We heard it today. God is love. So that we can have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in them. This is the nature of our God. Love in the most purest form. Love continually was there to lead the Israelites. All through the Old Testament, love guided, corrected, 
showed mercy to the ever disobedient and very easily distracted Israelites. In Mary and Joseph's love story, love is taking the form of humanity. And the baby Jesus, our Messiah, the love is God with us. When he came to that earth as a baby, God came to be with us as the love in human form. Love is enough, my friends, because our God is enough. And his love is forever faithful. Mary's journey to her cousin Elizabeth's house wouldn't have been easy, if you remember that. She walked down this dusty road alone to see her cousin. It must have taken her a little bit. I'm not really sure how far it was. It was a couple of miles. But don't you know, just like us, in her brain, that loop was playing over and over and over again. Their conversations, the pain and the hurt in Joseph's eyes, the words of disbelief and confusion from her family. But always in the midst of that was the hope and promise delivered by the angel. She knew the truth but with everyone else. What was going to happen to her? But just when she arrives to see Elizabeth, her cousin, who was experiencing her own miracle at the time, Elizabeth says, in great love, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me as soon as the sound as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. What a greeting of love and assurance. Mary was probably overwhelmed by this response. And she sang out part of a beautiful song, if you read it all. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. In the very midst of Mary's very human crisis, God provided just the love she needed through another person who understood and supported her. And that's often the way God's love works. As we walk in his love, he knows just what we need and brings us support 
even from other people. Now, Joseph's case was probably just a little different. He's back in Nazareth, full of pain and confusion. He was trying to decide, was he going to divorce Mary, which we know in that day, if he divorced her, what would happen? She would be put on trial. She could possibly be stoned to death. So he's thinking, what will I do? I love her. And I imagine he was crying. I can't imagine being in that situation and not crying. But that's when he has his very own supernatural love story. God knew that Joseph needed supernatural love. So Joseph has his own visit from an angel with his own message. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Mary is your wife. Take her home. Be convinced that in her is the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you, you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save my people from their sins. Here it is again. God knew exactly what was at the heart of Joseph's hurt. Fear. And God gave Joseph the reassurance he needed to trust Mary and to love and to ultimately to trust God in his love to make a way for this very amazing unbelievable, dangerous, supernatural, ultimately triumphant love story. Joseph chose love and trust. Even though he knew the law, he chose love and trust in God above the legal aspects of his day and time. God chose love because God chose us. We live in that. There is no greater love that exists. We hear it in John 3.16. You all know that verse. God sent his son because he loves us and he is always making a way for us. The love of God with us is God's perfect love in human form. Jesus, who we will celebrate his birth on the 25th. And this is the love that knows exactly what we need, no matter what faith we are facing and what season we are in. He knows perfectly the love that we need. He is making a way to accomplish 
his work in your life. God came to us in human form so that we might know him. He is love. Amen and amen.